What's it called? The O C H I I I I Okai Podcast. <laughs> I thought it was the Okai Wrestling Podcast. Well, you never know. Like there may be one day that we be, we might still keep with the wrestling, but it might tweak into the world of goodness knows where. Um. So yeah. Let's let's the Hawkeye Wrestling Podcast for just now. Future so episodes may contain noodle reviews or well, I don't know. Just the first thing that popped in my head. No man, I have actually like had a, a little um, revisit of pot noodles. But oh no, you need you go to Tesco and try. There's pot. like thirty five pence Asian noodles. They're like oh amazing. Oh no 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 man! I I'm I'm more highbrow. I'm talking about the Itsu noodles. You know the uh, the the rice noodles. When it comes instead of like a powder, you get like this sachet of uh, condensed sauce. All and, right. Oh man. We need we need one one year. We need to go to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom and like experience this whole culture of wrestling to a different degree from because from what I've seen this week. New Japan wrestling has just blown my mind. Have you um, been to the G1? Just, yeah, like I've just been seeing like clips and stuff here and there of just like highlights of the matches and stuff. And obviously, um, last night, I don't know if you've seen yourself, but um, for the first time in I think it's seven years, the last time, sorry, the first time in seven years, Will Ospreay beat Okada last night. He beat him? Yeah. I don't know if he's ever beat him before, but I think that was like the whole meme thing of he finished his story um he beat okada wow in the g1 climax so it's quite wild i was looking at like the scores and stuff today i was quite i was quite shocked like sonata is like a way 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 into the clouds with his um score um but everyone else is just like it's sort of here and there jeff cobb like if, if anyone's listening to this and not seen who or knows who Jeff Cobb is if you ever watched Lucha Underground back in the day he was Matanza Cueto the, the big um, scary monster looking guy um, he hit uh, an F5000 on I think it was Zack Sabre yeah Zack Sabre Jr and it's, okay. it puts Brock to shame like as, like as much as Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar it puts Brock Lesnar's move to shame um, you know how many had... times Zack Sabre Jr spun round in the air but he looked like a helicopter blade it was crazy. Like I mean, I seen it because I know Jeff Cobb's a big dude, but he just he just makes moves look awesome. I'm very surprised that I always say this about people in New Japan who are good. Like I'm very surprised that WWE or AEW have not went in, um, especially Jeff Cobb because he was seen apparently backstage last year at SmackDown. Um, oh. to which kind of like raised my eyebrows because I was like, oh, ideal. Like I know who that is. He's a, he's very good. Um, I think his moves called like. Like his finisher, I could be wrong, but it's called Tour of the Islands, where he does that. You know that thing he used to do on uh, Lucha Underground? It was like uh, Wrath of the Gods or something it was called. But he was kind of like a spinning kind of power slam. Like he swung them one way and then like dived into the power slam. It was pretty awesome. I think, um, a, I think a lot of guys want to stay at New Japan and the way that like partly he's very free. Freedom. You've got a yeah. lot of freedom to be your own character. Um, like and of course, the language barrier is a little bit different because you've got your you're the gaijin that comes in, so you're delivering your promos in English, which also gives you a lot more freedom of what you can say. That's it. 
which you don't have elsewhere. So you've got that creativity side of it. Lord knows the money's probably good. I can't say. From see what Will Osprey was saying is it's good money. Like obviously AEW and WWE is obviously a lot more, but it's still good from the sounds of it. And obviously they still get to do independent wrestling as well. Yeah, that's the other so, side. You can't really go wrong. No, um, the, the, this G1 Climax, I've never watched it. I've just like read about it in the past. But the format of it is so intriguing because of the way that everything can turn. Because you've got, it. was it, isn't it the, it's the top two from each group that go through, isn't it? Yeah, I'll get the um, the stats up just now. But the main the main thing is like it's 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 ideal for us because it um, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on on our Twitter? Um, I was just looking at our followers. Sorry to like go off topic here, but our three followers just if anyone's following seen our our Twitter, just just have a look. Um, where are we? New Japan, New Japan, New Japan. <laughs> Have you looked? No, I've not looked, but you just said our three followers. <laughs> our three followers. 100%, three best followers in the world. Probably not real. <laughs> so, it's not Twitter anymore, is it? It's stupid fucking X or something, isn't it? Apparently, but I don't know. Where the hell is this? Um, but yeah, it was like... While I'm finding it, I like obviously I'll go through the other ones. Like obviously you had Eddie Kingston versus the Stone Pitbull tomorrow Ishii, if that's what he's called. Um, that was just a classic match. Um, it's just just crazy seeing him do that diving headbutt. Like apparently, like the whole match was very good. But like I was saying, because of the time the time zone, I think it works out that a lot of the the the, the matches in New Japan are on in the morning. Because I remember watching Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm pretty sure it was on at like 10, 11 in the morning in January, which is pretty awesome. Um, but I going through the going through the blocks. So you've got A, B, C, and D block. So currently, right now, I'm not 100% sure how it works though. This is the only thing, unless uh, I wonder if that's what it is. So A block Sonada is on the top score with 10 points, and Drawing second right now is Shota Umino and... All right, Ruth, okay. Bonnie and Nicole, nice to see you. <laughs> Kaito and Kiyo, <laughs> Kiyo Mia, they're on six points each. But the thing is, I, like, I'm not 100% sure what the... Does it tell you here? It doesn't really give you a guide to what... Uh, I think a circle must mean a win. Or something. I'm not 100% sure, but like they've got like 8.1, 8.5, so I presume that's like 1st of August, 5th of August. B block, Okada's, oh, Okada's tied with Osprey for this one. So they're joint first. And oh. then you've got uh, Tai Chi in second place just now. There's still quite a lot of matches to go, though. Um, I'm quite I'm quite disappointed, though. My, my, my man, Yota Suji, is on three points. I'm very disappointed. Aww. And he's only got one fight left, so he's definitely not winning. Um, C blocks. Getting on, because he's Eddie the Kingston. Like, so we're in his group just now. So right. currently, well. joint first in C block is Tamatonga, Dave Finlay of the Bullet Club, and mm -hmm. Evil. They're all on six points. 
All right, okay. Eddie Kingston is only on four, but he's got one fight left. Um, Fighting. With Dave Finlay, apparently. I think. Ooh. Oh, wait, is it David Finlay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, David Finlay versus Eddie Kingston. That'll probably be quite good, actually. But yeah, um, I don't think he's going to win. Well, he might be, but Tama Tonga's still got three fights, and he's on six points. So... How has he still got three fights? Well, I don't, I don't quite know. Like I say, how the guide works because Eddie Kingston's got a blank. Don't fight in the fight. same date. There's no, there's all sorts of different dates here. Tomatonga fights Takagi or Takaji the 30th of July. Then he fights um, Eddie Kingston on the 2nd of August. Then he fights someone else on the 8th of August. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, God knows how it works, but. Um, D block. So, kind of like first in that one is Jeff Cobb with eight points, and second position is Jack, Zach Saber Jr. Um, so Sonada's obviously winning his group like by a long shot, but B block. I wonder if they're going to let Wasprey win it this year. But then who does he fight? Does he fight Sonata at Wrestle Kingdom? Or does Sonata drop the belt in that time? Mm. Very interesting. But yeah, like um, the G1 climax so far is it's living up to the hype. There's so many cool moves that they just make the moves look a lot smoother and cleaner when you see them. Um, like I say, that that headbutt that um, Ishii done was just... Yeah. Brutal. Insane. That was insane. Very brutal. So, um night ten, which takes place to what's today's date? Twenty eighth, is it? Twenty ninth today. Or is it you know the twenty eighth today? You're right. You're right. So, July thirtieth is night ten. So that's where C block and D block have their match their next matches. Then night eleven is when A block and B block have their matches. So um you've got Mikey Nichols versus Eddie Kingston. On not the sure Mikey Nichols and then you've got Tamatonga versus Eddie Kingston that would be good 12 so let me just have a little look back but apparently Tamatonga is still a free agent for New Japan I don't know if that's true or not but apparently his contract like ran out this year but he hasn't signed a new one I don't know 100% sure if that's right or not because, like, there was speculation of him going to WWE. Really? Yeah, he's been on the go for a while, but he's, like, he was part of the Bullet Club. Um, I'm not sure if he still is, to be honest with you. Like I say, the Bullet Club's it's went in a totally different direction. I don't think he is, because he's, he was fighting with Dave Finlay at one point. I think he came out the entrance, and Tamatonga went straight for him. Um... It's hard to keep up with that Bullet Club stuff considering there's, <laughs> there's just so much of it going so on. It's like, oh my God, where where the hell am I looking? Like you've got, fair enough, you've got like Bullet Club Gold in AEW and then you've got like the Bullet Club um, in New Japan and it's like, where the fuck am I? Which one's the main one? Like, who's who? You've got all these other people joining and you're like, what the fuck? Like, just keep it, like, keep it a nice click. I think that's what Dave Finley's trying to do, though, from the sounds of it. He's trying to keep, like, a cliché... Well, not not like a small click, but 
hopefully, you know, like say a year or so time that we've got like an established bullet club. Because like as much as like I was a big fan of it when like Kenny and the Young Bucks and stuff were in New Japan, it was good to see that. You know, what I mean? you didn't have a massive group. Um, but it's kind of spiraling out of control just now. So hopefully it kind of dwindles down and we get like a solid, a solid team. We hope. Well, yeah, I mean, hang on, Bullet Club's its own thing, isn't it? It's like, because it's gone through so many different iterations and... But it's always like, before Kenny and that left, I felt that, fair enough, like, last, like, this year we've had, like, Jay White as the leader, but I felt like when Finn had it, for me personally, I only started caring about it when I heard about AJ Styles reading it. Um, Well, yeah, because you knew who AJ Styles was. That's it. Because it seemed cool, like, you know, you had the whole Bullet Club, oh, AJ Styles is the, like, the leader, that's awesome. Then it gets kicked out by this guy called Kenny Omega, then you're like, who's Kenny Omega? Coming from, like, an outsider from New Japan anyway, Yeah. I was like, oh, this guy seems quite cool. And then you see his moves and you're like, whoa, hang on a minute. And then you see the Young Bucks come in, and then Gallows and Anderson, obviously, they kind of slowly move away, but you're still kind of keeping tabs on them. And then, obviously, we get, like, the, the introduction of Cody Rhodes, and that, that to me, like, that's when, it's it, that's it. I always kind of I've always been that kind of Cody fan as soon as he left WWE because I always enjoyed his stuff in WWE and I'm like, well why why get rid of him? Like he was such a big name. Fair enough, he's done so much better than since he's left. But I've always been like even in terms of like playing wrestling games and stuff, even like all like I've always sort of used his moves in the games and things. Um just I don't know. I find him very entertaining. Like, especially when he was on Being the Elite, the YouTube show. Like, he always kind of just, I don't know. I always felt like he was the, like, the leader. And, like, obviously there was that whole thing of, between him and, uh, like, oh, who's who's the like, a leader? And then obviously Adam Cole gets, like, jumped into the picture. It was, that was amazing. I don't, for me personally, I don't think it's, it's been the same since that, like all that big group has came out of the Bullet Club. You know, I mean, it's a lot of big names to lose. Um, so hopefully, Dave Finley can can ramp up his his compadres and get the ball rolling to get to the Bullet Club to the top again. Because it's like I say, it's a bit it's a bit of a spiral at the moment. Well, it is. Plus, you've got Bullet Club Gold, which could be good, but it depends on who who or what they do with it. It's kind of weird because, like, what's the... Because I'm not sure if there is, like, if we're still meant to have, like, some sort of affiliation with Bullet Club or if it is, like... Yeah. Kind of separate because we used to get other Bullet Club members show up in AEW and over on Impact. Yeah. Hasn't been any for a while. Um, And the whole thing with, like, Jay and Juice is that they've signed with AEW rather than being New Japan that have come over yeah so it's quite I like i like that they're still being able to keep the bullet club branding but i just wonder if they've had to change it to bullet club gold because so it's not have... the official bullet club yeah yeah hopefully that that the thing is well, that could maybe lead to the next forbidden door where you have like bullet club gold versus bullet club for the uh oh yeah know, the leadership yeah, of the bullet yeah. club it's totally open for stuff like that. Like, who is... The, well, exactly. Like, Bullet Club Originals versus... Well, you can't even have Bullet Club Originals because Bullet Club Originals is Finn and 
Gallows and Anderson and stuff. Yeah, but it would Who be... Is the, like, yeah. uh, it, it's, it opens it up, and there's definitely room for that. And I think this is a good thing about the Forbidden Door and like AEW working with New Japan and working with Impact and stuff, being able to like link these different promotions together in a way where... Well, let's hope they build it, though, because I felt like this year, like... I enjoyed it 100%, but I kind of felt a lot of it was just kind of like, like what we had the BCC versus the Elite, and it was like, is the whole point of it not meant to be New Japan versus AEW? As much as obviously we had New Japan people in that match, is, but do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes and no. It was kind of thrown a bit together, but like, we had, oh, this person's joined this team, and this person joined this team. It's like, why not have somebody join that team? Like how... Kota Ibushi came for Blood and Guts. Like, would that not have made more sense to come at Forbidden Door? Uh, yes and no, but I think there's probably something contractual which would have meant that you couldn't have come at Forbidden Door. Maybe. Because uh... the, the thing about it, like cross-promotion and stuff like that as well is like who goes over and who's on top. So you don't want your best guy to go and like be beat. But like, I just look at that Daniel Bryan um Okada match and it was amazing. Oh yeah, hundred percent like that. And then that was that was That's great. Like exactly what that sort of that match. Well, I mean, like, like that match doesn't need to build because That's of like, how big they are. Yeah. Um, but like some of them, where you were just like, this is this is what I worry about all in. And as much as it will be awesome, regardless of who's on the show. It would just be nice to get a bit more depth into what's happening, because we're we're at the thirty day we're at the thirty day like I think we're less than thirty days now. Uh no, we're at the thirty day mark. Thirty day mark. But it's like, so, like obviously like last night. I've not been last night. a lot of worry like, and there's a lot of chatter starting to come out now where you where people are like, look, this is AEW's biggest show of the year, and like size because you know it's the biggest stadium show that they've ever done it's going to have possibly the biggest crowd that they've ever had so oh, that's what i done i took a speaking of the big crowds i took a screenshot today of what dave Meltzer said the ticket sales were at they've gone over 70 haven't they so we are currently at so Meltzer reported that as of now there are 76,929 tickets distributed. Approximately 70,400 have been paid. Um, that puts them 4,000 tickets less shy of WrestleMania 32's attendance. And we're still not there yet. still announced the match. And part of, like, so there's two things that I'm sort of thinking about this. It's like one side of it can be, Tony Khan could come out and say, look, we've just sold, we've sold 80,000 tickets for Wembley. Um, and we haven't even announced the match yet. Look Possibly, good. yeah. Or we're still trying to figure out. <clears throat> um, we're still trying to figure out contracts and logistics and who can go when. Because the thing about some stuff is, if you're, so say you're going to have Eddie there, for example, well you can't announce that Eddie's going to be there before the G1's finished. Because that's yeah, he's not going to be winning his group, so you have to kind of wait until stuff like that plays out. Any negotiations that you're having with New Japan, a la Will Osprey, 
that's another one. You're going to have to wait until this part of the G1 is played out to see if he's going to be available then. But the thing is, though, like, obviously, fair enough, but the Rev- Revolution Pro... They've Pro spoiled Pro, <laughs> They've put him in a match, and so is tomorrow yes. Ishii there. Exactly. So exactly. it's like, are they going to be on the card? Is Who else is in the match? Like, what's the guy he's fighting? Is it Shingo that Osprey's fighting? Uh, I think so, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure that that's one of his... Like I say, I'm pretty sure that's one of his favourite people to fight, so, like... Once, once like Monday comes, definitely we'll we'll look at tickets for that. Um, but yeah, like well, I mean they they have announced a few people that are going to be there. Like what did they not do that like a month ago? It was I think it, what was it Sting, Christian, Elijahsaurus, and there was another name I can't remember who it was, but that's the names I remember seeing. So they're definitely going to be there. So we're going to surely have a TNT title match of some sort. You would, you would assume so, yeah. And there's there's also of course the um, the other elephant in the room is that he's got a book Chicago the week after. This is my worrying part. Yeah. Like what? Why? Why do that though? Like you know what I mean? Like why? Why have this big all round pay per view to then that weekend? Oh, we're gonna have another. We're gonna have another pay per view. It's like how how that's like having WrestleMania and the WrestleMania backlash literally the next weekend. Do you know what I mean? It's like well, they've done that before in WWE because they did what was it a SummerSlam and then Payback like pretty much back to back. Is that two years ago? I think it was during the pandemic. But see, does that ah, I get it, but that's different, right? So like they have kind of done that before. I think if the build starts now and if you're starting to play like starting to sow the seeds for it you can certainly have some big payoff matches happening at um all in oh yeah well definitely additional matches that you could have all out one of the ones um obviously like all out is going to be in chicago so cm punk's going to be a big feature of that he's going to be surely going to be the main event so he's in this program with Ricky Starks, right? I have a funny feeling. This has just come to me just now. That we're going to get CM Punk versus Ricky Starks at All In. Okay. Ricky Starks is going to win. Because. Or. Well, I'm trying to think about like whether or not. Because I feel like it's soon going to be time for that Punk heel turn. I feel like it needs to happen. You do that in Chicago, though, but then you'll get cheered. You know what I mean? You'll get cheered at the building. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, I, how would you do that in Chicago? This is it. It's kind of like what type of heel do you want him to be, in a way. Because if he was to turn heel it all in and he goes to Chicago, regardless of him being a bad guy or a good guy, they're going to cheer him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, we all remember, like, the reactions he got against Cena. And Cena was a good guy and Punk was a bad guy. But... Is he still carrying? I haven't, like, I guess he haven't, like, seen his stuff. Has he still got the bag? So he's still got the bag, right? And this is where it's kind of interesting in a way, because you've got, so presumably the whole idea with the bag and with him saying that he's, you know, he's never lost the title, therefore he should still be champion, is that you're going to have to have him versus FD, MJF at some point again. Yeah. Right. However, we've just had Ricky Starks 
beat him in the Owen Hart Cup. That's right. So, de facto, like, going by what he said when he came back, that he is that person until somebody beats him, then, well, Ricky Starks beat you. Therefore, well, tell me when I'm telling lies. Are you still this uncrowned, undefeated champion if Ricky Starks has just beat you? That's it. Don't think you are. Maybe they so, have a match at all in for what's in the bag. Well, this could be it. And I think this whole, like, tell me when I'm telling lies thing, I think could easily be flipped into, you know, some very heelish things. Because part of the great thing about, like, your favourite heels and great heels is that there's always an element of truth in what they say. Yeah. So when you're using, like, tell me when I'm telling lies, you'd be like, well, you're not lying, but you're being a dick. <laughs> is the, like, the sort of vibe that you could be getting off. So, like, I... But then I think back to... Go back to the whole, like, yeah, we're a month out and there's no there's no matches booked. Um, Forbidden Door, there was, like, what, about a week and a half? There was only like maybe one, two matches on the card, and then the rest of the card was filled out with about a week to go. It was two weeks before All Out that they, uh, sorry, not All Out, um, Double or Nothing, that they got the Double or Nothing card sorted. Uh, look at Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. So. But, it's, <laughs> but have, do you not find it weird though? Like, he didn't have his opponent until three days before the actual event because it was what happened at Blood and Guts which led to the match at Death Before Dishonor. I just find it strange. Like as much I like I I have like I have no worries about it being a magic time and the matches being good. I just it would be nice to well then again I suppose NXT was the same back in the day and you didn't give a fuck about what the build was because the matches were always good. I found like yeah, and see, like WWE is very different because like WWE plays a lot more with the the drama side of it. Yeah. So you have like the bigger build to the matches. Sometimes they kill the build because you have, oh, so we're gonna have this tag team match where, you know, so you end up seeing the two opponents that are gonna be fighting fighting each other three times before you actually get to the fight. That's it. Whereas. AEW is slightly different because they do tend to keep the opponents away from each other until you, you could have like the announcements made this because it's the 200 is it the 200th episode of Dynamite this Wednesday isn't it yeah this Wednesday coming yeah because you could have a few announced here and be like right we'll have a contract signing net the week afterwards or I don't know if they do that on AEW or not uh, I think there's been like two. It's not. So a you common you could thing. you could do like in a sense that kind of like give it that special build of like you know we're gonna have like a press conference for just this match alone or something I don't know something like that there. Um, I I do I fully expect like August. I think this is what it's kind of gonna be like. August is gonna be the month for all in. So yeah, they are talking about you know the it's you know Wembley 100 and being part of that celebration and they've talked it up an awful lot beforehand I just think like over the next few weeks fingers crossed you know it's plenty of time to build an important card you've still got what four four dynamites and five collisions so you've still got nine shows plus how many actual weeks is it till we go 
uh, we four weeks. One, two, three. Four. Yeah, four weeks and sorry, four weeks tomorrow. But yeah. So the. Oh no. So yeah, so you've got four dynamites, four rampages, and five collisions. Well, five rampages because there's a rampage tonight. Right on to another topic. Um, I think we need to show a little bit of love to Ring of Honor, man. Uh, Death Before Dishonor, the pay-per-view that they had over the weekend. Um, you watched the whole show. I watched the whole show. Um, I think not knowing an awful lot about some of the wrestlers, um, probably like might have made us a little bit apprehensive going into it. Uh, but I think, for me anyway, I thought the show was an absolute hit. I think with the history of Ring of Honor as well, it's like they they've they've made the they've made the stars of today. Like I know it sounds just like corny, but it's it's true. You know, I mean, we've had what CM Punk's came from Ring of Honor, Seth came, Daniel, Nigel McGuinness was in Ring of Honor, Joe. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's so many names that have come out of Ring of Honor that. A lot of people don't realise. Um, there's probably a lot more. Well, Claudio Cesaro, you know what I mean? Like, so many names that a lot of people don't realise that were in Ring of Honor. And it's it's nice to see Ring of Honor kind of get more of a, a status now. I think everything's like, I, I feel that wrestling in general, not taking any way, anything away from Ring of Honor, but I feel like every company in general seems to have like hyped up. Like, as soon as AEW's been on to this, like, the world of wrestling, if you know what I mean. Oh, without a doubt, it's it's made everything just feel bigger. It's it's brought a lot more eyes onto independent wrestling and yeah. a lot of the independent wrestlers who previously, you know, I would never have heard of. Um, or yeah, definitely, yeah. Like you know, you maybe read about them, but you wouldn't have seen them. And there was so there was folk on the on Death Before Dishonor card, which I think, like, so first up, A.R. Fox. So he's a big name on the independent circuit. They had that great match, um, I think it was on the pre-show on Death Before Dishonor, which was a great little showcase for him. And then, boom, in he comes on Dynamite. Has a magic match with uh, Orange Cassidy. And then the whole swerve at the end with Darby which is probably setting up, well, it has set up a programme between Darby Allen and the Air Fox. I thought that was such a, for forward planning, I thought that was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant move having him on the show. The second thing about Death Before Dishonor, and it's another thing that I've only seen a couple of matches fought under pure rules, but that right. pure championship match with Daniel Garcia oh my god that was so damn good in so many different ways the the fact that you had the time limit just added some additional stakes to it i love the rope breaks the no closed fists the pace and the intensity of the match because you know you have got just 15 minutes to get it done the little wrinkles were having the judges there at ringside to um sort of just draw attention to certain things really made you think about the rules of wrestling which when you're watching so many different matches and you know we get 
oversaturated with shenanigans and ref bumps and rules not matter and oh, all that just that other side of wrestling where sometimes it goes a little bit too far and in some cases it gets used too much so it just becomes like part of every match to have a wrestling match that is so dictated by its rules was so refreshing daniel garcia's are just he's the boy's an absolute stud man i, I love can see him in a couple of years time i can see him being a big top a top boy like definitely maybe maybe not a bad maybe not a bad boy but a top boy when he was like when he first like came on the scene um when uh 2.0 came over mike mark the uh, thing menard and what's his face because uh, they were in NXT before, weren't they? And then they left NXT, they got booted out of NXT, and then they came up to AEW. And then Daniel Garcia was with him. It's just like this little trios. And he was, nobody knew who he was, but he just gave everything in every match. He's got and a lot of energy, like a lot of energy. So, so much. And he is hard hitting, but he yeah. had that um, silliness to him, especially with his dancing. Man, I can't wait to go up when and seventy thousand people start doing a dance. <laughs> I think from the, I think it's gonna I genuinely think it's gonna be eighty. I think it's gonna be eighty. Even better, eighty thousand people all dancing with Daniel Garcia because that dance is getting over um in, in a big way. Oh I can see it happening. Definitely. Uh, I I he is championship material and he I can see to, him beating Claudio. I can see him beating Claudio. Um, I can see him. Like I always pictured him as being a pretty decent TNT champion. Yeah. Uh, I could also see him being a, a. But really, I think he. I think he. He has been Ring of Honor Pure Champion before. So. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I remember them saying something about that when they had the, the match at Forbidden Door. I'm sure he'd said that. Yeah, and it's. I I. I really like how adaptable he is as well because he seems to be able to go in any type of match. So I thought that was an absolute brilliant showcase for him. It's a shame that he's lost so much, but each of these different matches that he's had, like the match at Forbidden Door, the match at Death Before Dishonor, I feel like he's come out of each of those matches better, even though he's lost. Yeah. His profile just keeps on getting raised more and more because he just keeps putting on fantastic matches. Aussie Open, they they're awesome. Man. That um, the Four Corners tag match was, uh, it was fun. It was a blast. It was action packed. Um, they just went for it. I had, I didn't see them winning. Um, I don't know why, but like, for me, I think I just think just hearing like so much buzz about them. I thought when I when I was picking my predictions, I thought. That seems the team to go for. And of course, they're linked to um, Will Osprey. Yeah, they're part of the United Empire, is that right? Fire, yeah, that's it. I was struggling there for a second. I'm like, there's so many different freaking factions now. Because <laughs> uh, uh, AR Fox is now part of the Mogul Embassy with uh, Swerve. But, um, but yeah, that match was absolutely action-packed. It was fantastic. Um, Claudio versus Pac 
another banger. banger. It was fantastic. But the match of the night for me, and um, I'm going to, this one gets uh, Dave's, this is a 50 star rated match. (laughs) 50 star rated, okay. Um, you came up with this, mate. Don't you be? Dis- just no. That's cool. That's if you want to give that. If you want to give it, you can't give every match in the world. You got, but that's that's definitely a, a worthy candidate. But Athena versus Willow for the women's championship, as the main event, was given the time, and those ladies produced a women's match that I've. I have to be honest. I think it's probably one of the best women's matches that I've seen. I think so, yeah. We've had, like, really, really good ones on WWE, NXT, AEW. But I think that's been the best I've seen in a couple of years, to be honest. It was, um, like, it was stiff. It was snug. They worked really well together. I didn't see any of the... Uh, poor workmanship that you tend to see in the AEW women's division where like everything was nice and fast and crisp and then the story that was being told throughout that match that that I think well that I started to pick up on as we were going through it there was so much history in there there was so much homage in there there was so much um paying tribute to what came before because there were so many moves that I had never seen before in that match. Would you do the same? I would say so. Like it's it's a lot of the moves that you, you don't really see from the women. Like it's always like you know what I mean? I can't I can't like pinpoint one off the top of my head, but it's like I can't remember the names of them because I hadn't seen some of them. It felt before. like a lot of the match like it wasn't a case of women you know what I mean like when women are fighting in like the wrestling business there's a lot of moves that a lot that you don't see them seem to use like men do like um for instance sometimes like we we rarely see it I don't, can't really think of like when we see like say a German suplex it's it's yep. not a massive one being used on the women's side I'm not 100% sure if there's a reason for that or not um they're probably I mean they probably use them but it's not like a it's not in terms of like when the men do it I don't know, it just seems more impactful. But but that match definitely like had it had moves like you're saying that we hadn't seen before. Um and it just it just gave women's women's wrestling a new edge to be honest with you. Like I hope kind of like we I, I don't know if is Willow actually contracted to or she is she in New Japan then or what is she? Willow is she is uh she's AEW as far she as she is I'm, AEW. Um, but she also so she was contract. She was the Japan. New Japan. Yeah. yeah, she was a New Japan strong champion because she beat Mercedes Monet for that, and then um, she's been doing work with AEW. She's been doing work with Ring of Honor, but the the she's been on a trail like she's just been on fire this whole year. There's been a lot of hype around her and. You know, watching her and following her from when she just came on with like this, just all this bundles of energy and her big smile. And she's just so, she's like, she's almost like one of the purest good guys that there is because you naturally want to root for her because she's just 
like it's not that happy to be there but you can see that she is and everything that she does she kind of reminds me a little bit of like nxt bailey in that the kind of like support for her is because you know you just want her to do well you want her to be brilliant because she's aces and that's what bailey was and that's what i see from willow and then it's the the thing that so when i was watching the match and there was all those like all these moves that rickaboni is like calling out and i'm like what move is that what move is that what move is that what's all this about but looking through it and seeing the way that they've like pieced together the match a lot of those moves were finishers from um the sort of legacy ring of honor women oh really players yeah so they were doing um so some of them for for like sarah del rey okay miss chiff um mickey james was part of ring of honor at one point but she wrestled the name alexis larie there was danny Alison Danger, Sumi Sakai, Daisy Hayes, and others that like, but a lot of these women I've never heard of before. But then having watched that match and then seeing the moves and getting the history and finding out more about it, it's just made that match even more special for me, which is why, you know, this is getting elevated. These stars were piling up because the more you find out about the match, the more you you read into the history the callbacks, the women that came before, the sort of tributes that were being paid to it, you can see why these women were given the main event spot. And then so being my, given the spot, they absolutely, like, shone. They killed it. They took that ball. They ran with it. So, yeah, what were you going to say there, mate? Sorry. That's all right. Uh, so, like, match of the year then. Out of the two that you've given your 50 stars, which one would you rate first and second? Hey, I forget what the first one was again. Um, Osprey Omega. Osprey Omega, yeah. The second one. Man, it's a tough one. Like, Because Osprey Omega 2 had all those callbacks to the first one. It was super hard hitting. And that was probably still going to take the top spot. Um, okay. I think mainly just because of the the size of, like, yeah, the scale of the fight. This is a, that's a story that's ongoing from part one on to part two, and then we'll get to part three, which sadly I don't think we're going to be getting it all in. Um, I don't think we're going to be getting it this year. Yeah, I think that's going to be. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That's going to be. A we we could uh, like. Aye. Not to get to get to go off on a tangent too quickly on it, but yeah, I think that's why I would give that match number one. Um, okay. Had to order them, but they're on par. It's just two different stories and two different styles. So that's why I think this women's one. If you've got the opportunity to watch it, watch it. Um, if you can't afford to go on the fight and get the pay-per-view or pay for it, um, there are different ship, ship-based ship sites where you can, you know, go and sail the seven seas and see if you can get it. Those that know will know what I'm talking about. Um, 
but yeah seek it out guys watch it um check it out on the little videos that have been posted on twitter um really it's it's well well worth it and i can't wait for willow like the other great thing about that match was i was so hyped for willow to win i think everybody in that crowd was hyped for willow to win the way that it was being played out it was like oh my god willow was going to win the title and then she came so close she like when she kicked out of Athena's finisher, she's the first one to do that. And that right. for me took it like over the edge. I'm like, oh my God, she's gonna win, she's gonna win, she's gonna win. And then mm, she didn't. Which was keeps you wanting more though, doesn't it? Yeah, it was great in a way as well, because not every wrestling show needs to finish on a high. Like That's exactly. It told a story in the ring and that story had an ending which made sense for the fight that took place and yeah i'm absolutely um ecstatic with that match man i was kind of why i was asking you what your favorite match of the week was because i was also hoping that you were going to say that was your favorite match of the week. <laughs> I um, liked it, and you I came in with the, the dirty dom swerve so like that would have been like I suppose like that's that was only two weeks ago. Eh? You've never thought it. Yeah, I know. Eh? I know. I mean, that's time's flying by, but um, that uh, there was just so I think like the park match was definitely the one I was most looking forward to because because we've not seen him like for so long. It was nice to like actually have him see him in a one on one fight again. Um, and then obviously he's back on dynamite and stuff. So it was I think that was one I kind of like enjoyed the most just because he's like I like I liked him like when he was. Um, in WWE in terms of when he became the king of the cruiserweights um, so it was, it's kind of nice to see that come back obviously not king of the cruiserweights but the whole like I'm better than you kind of stance that he has um, I do hope he wins like see see him winning a title all in would be pretty cool but where, where who from plenty of gold you know, but it's, it's England like it's England and it's an English person or UK whatever you want to call it Um yeah, I can I like I I really want to see I say I don't know what I actually want from them because I like Death Triangle and they just never really got to get going due to injuries. Yeah, like, it's always yeah. seemed to be somebody was out injured or something. Yeah, exactly. And it would be nice to see them get an actual proper run going, but it would mean that they would have to be going after House of Black and I'm not ready for that to happen yet because Daddy ass needs to come back for one more match. But they seem to be going into a feud with Andrade now, though. I the House of Black. Yeah, but it's a singles feud. Yeah, I know, but then what's his name's just signed to AEW? Rush. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we see seen that part a lot. The Andrade's crew. The shooter or something to do with him. I can't you pronounce the uh, Los Ingenobles. Ignorables, yeah, um, yeah, he was, but then, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to play out with that one. That I mean, a... that would be the only thing I'm, I'm, I, it's not a worry, but a lot of people have, like I've seen online like predicting like what the card's going to be, and it's just like people are playing like three to four tag matches, and I'm like, that, that four tag matches on the card, like is that not a bit much? Um, as much as the, I mean, I think the wrestling will be great all right. I just, 
I hope we do get a lot of like one on one fights. You know what I mean? Because tag matches are great, but you know, one on ones are always like. Always got so a bit more thing about tag matches and stuff like that, because they want to get more people on the card. I actually think there's going to be a battle royal. I kind of hope there is. There's a battle royal or some sort of like ladder match. You kick off the night with like either the Orange Cassidy or possibly the 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 TNT one, but I don't see that would be a, a strange one because you could still have Christian win it. I know that or, it's Luchasaurus's title, but like, everyone could be out. Christian climbs the ladder, boom, 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 he's still got the title and just can't do Luchasaurus. Well, yeah, but like, and um, people he, people get booed out the building for it, and it would be you know what I mean. Oh, there's going to be some big reactions. Yeah. Like, get um, Jungle Boy versus Hook, which could be fun. Um, I think Orange Cassidy versus Mox is going to be the opener. Because Orange He's Cassidy... Mox is the... winning that. And if it is going OC versus Mox, then yeah, Mox is going to win. Um, I hope he comes through the crowd, though. Eh? That would be pretty cool. Oh, you will. <laughs> just hearing his music and just seeing him at the top of the fucking rafters and taking like 20 minutes to get down to the actual ring. <laughs> That'll be brilliant. That will be that, great. That one I think will be really good because like Orange Cassidy can put on a good match and so can Moxley. So that'll be that'll be very interesting. Um, the other rumour obviously we've heard about all in is Will Ospreay. Like we were saying earlier, Will Ospreay I think we think pretty much guaranteed to be on the card. And he's going to be not facing Kenny Omega from the signs of it, um, which I was quite chalked at, but at the same time, I was intrigued to find out who who his opponent would be. Um, and from the looks of things, we're going to get the, the Alpha instead of the Omega, which is Y2J Chris Jericho. And it's for the first time ever, I believe, also. Um, I don't think they've ever fought before. Um, so hopefully that story maybe plays out. I don't know how. I don't know how you get to it. But the only thing, like I was saying to you earlier, that painting that Don Callis has gave him, the last time he was given a painting, or the last time there was a painting in a, in, in a story to do with Jericho, he got turned on. So, But I think, well, this painting thing with Don Callis is kind of his gimmick as well, because there's been a few paintings that he's given to folk. Ah, uh, okay. And the way it was used in the show was because um, the Jericho Appreciation Society, like, had a little bit of an intervention with him and when they went into Jericho's locker room there was that painting pride to place on the wall and stuff like that so but the I, thing I, is with yeah. Jericho he, he can make for me I find that every match he's in he always makes it good like in terms of like when he done the whole Kenny Omega thing the second time I don't know if you remember this um so when they had the first all-in match mm-hmm like the very very first on like I when they had um, Cody and stuff like when they had the first before AEW yeah it was was it the Lucha Brothers or something versus the Elite or something like that and then obviously it was Pentagon in the ring the lights go out everyone's like what the fuck but Jericho's Pentagon and he took out um, I'm sure he took out Kenny (laughs) but like you know what I mean like we could maybe get that in New Japan to an extent of some not obviously of Pentagon Junior but He's very good at setting up matches. He is good at setting up matches. I I don't know what I want from Jericho now. Because like, he could cost him his G1 Climax spot, and that could then lead into them two fighting all in. He could, but there needs to be a reason for it. 
Like the only two reasons I can think, like I said, like is what is either Jericho joins the Don Carlos family, and Carlos has some beef with Will Osprey for some reason, but I don't understand why he would because he helped Will Osprey at their match. But um, maybe maybe he never said thank you. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think I think either way it'll be a good match. I mean, Jericho's obviously. I don't not in like a nasty about him, but I don't think he's as good as he used to be. And um, that's fear with Will Osprey and his speed. Yeah. These matches that Jericho's had with um, some of the the one he had at Forbidden Door legends. was not ideal. Was it Forbidden Door? Was Suzuki in that? Uh, Suzuki Gun. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Was it was Suzuki? Uh, the Suzuki, the Les Suzuki gods, wasn't it? Les Suzuki gods. Yeah. <clears throat> that I, I guess thing wasn't that much, but it felt very like, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um. Yeah, the timing's not quite there. Yeah, but then that, that's one I thing that worries me. But then again, it's different when you're seen alive. Yeah, and the matches that he's had with, like the one-on-one matches that he's had. Um, over the past like couple of years have been great and he's run through he's had a lot of variety of matches but yeah I just I have a fear that he's losing a step and it's just that bit where he thinks he can maybe go quicker than he actually can yeah and that's what's concerning yeah so which is where having him be part of a family and like that's why he has the backup. It's kind of why he's always in a faction because then he's always got somebody there. Like there's always somebody there to lean on. Well, I suppose yeah, you could have like that kind of whole thing of, you know, it's him versus Osprey, but then his like people come out to like help out, but then you have Osprey's people help come out to help Osprey, and then it all just leads into a conundrum or something. Mm-hmm. That's where I was. I just hope, like, if the JAS are going to break up, I'd quite like it just to be, right, that's it, we're over, and not be a thing where, oh, suddenly they're going to fight with Jericho, and then Jericho's going to be part of the family, so it's going to be the family versus the Jericho X Appreciation Society. You know, like, stuff going with, with that. So, again, I'm not worried. I'm sure if they are going to go for Jericho Osprey, then... They'll find a way to get there, which will make sense. The build will be really good, I think. And it won't just be announced with like on the Wednesday before. <laughs> well, that's it. I don't think Jericho would want that. Like, I don't think anyway. I think he would want to do like a little bit of a story with it. Because the only way I see it is that he rejects Don Callis, and then is like, uh, Bill Osprey comes in. Yeah, you can see the error of his ways. He rejects Don Carlos, which makes him the babyface guy. And then he wants to get back with the, the Appreciation Society. And yeah, that's where you, you start to get the moves to get them going with Will Osprey. That could be interesting. Very interesting. But um, aye, Olin's going to be, I think, a, we're, we're still we're still a wee bit away, yeah. But I think it's definitely going to be a magic pay-per-view. Um, speaking of new and magical things, um, if any of our listeners are fans of the game Rainbow Six Siege, this is something you should be listening to. 
The time to eradicate your opponents and reign supreme with the newest WWE bundles for Rainbow Six Siege. Featuring Ash wearing Rhea Ripley's outfit and Oryx or Oryx wearing Roman Reigns' outfit. You can get that on the Rainbow Six Siege game and basically kick a door in with the Tribal Chief guns blazing or Rhea Ripley. Uh, honestly, guys, how this cool is that? that we are not being paid by Ubisoft, but like that. Is, I, I seen it today, and I thought that's amazing because they done a they done an Undertaker and Becky Lynch one not too long ago. But like having Roman in the game, is, <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's like him like kicking down the door. Yo, <laughs> be awesome. Uh, especially if you can add like a Superman punch to your melee combat. Oh, that would be dope if you could do something like that. That would be that would be fucking great. Um, find someone on your old sneak attack, and then like all of a sudden come flying out from behind with a Superman punch. It'd be amazing. Also announced for the first time, and I think it's been eight years. I don't know if you've seen this, Dave. Um, so we have the UK invasion of Impact. They're coming back to the UK. Um, yeah. Yeah, coming back to the UK this year as well. Really? So October 26th, they're coming to Glasgow at the O2 Academy. October 27th, they'll be in Newcastle at the Walker Dome. And then October 28th, they'll be in Coventry at HMV Empire. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the first time in eight years that they've been, they've been in the UK. Or something ridiculous like that. So it does show you that every company is benefiting from this AEW WWE rivalry. Oh, for sure, absolutely. So that that could be pretty cool, um, especially if you because like Joe Henry, he's a he's a Scottish wrestler. He's on he's on the Impact roster just now. That would be good for him. Um, I, one person I always kind of think from Impact that could benefit from stepping up to WWE is Moose. I don't know. I just he's he's like that. He's like Bobby Lashley, but I I feel like he's he's a bit more um, flexible would be the word. Moose. He just, I, I think he's been looked at quite a lot, but I don't know why they've not jumped the gun on him. Because they um, got Bob Ashley. But yeah, I know Big Bob, but, but then I guess we'll find out tonight what happens with them, because apparently the Street Profits are getting a new kind of image tonight on SmackDown. Are we going to get the new Hurt business? I, he's, it's it's very teasing to be. But a lot of people have speculated that this was the reason that the, the Hurt Business was held off was that it was meant to come in when uh, Bray was feeding with Bobby. So they obviously would have had Team Wyatt versus uh, the Hurt Business yeah. like, after WrestleMania. But yeah, they held off until that point of now, which there's speculation that Bray might return at SummerSlam. And... There's be, but the thing is, almost like I was reading it this week that he's 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 rumored to return to a main event match, but then two three days later, there's an announcement came out like saying, oh, you know, like it's it's a it's a complete it's complete rubbish. So it's either that it is happening and they've been like, right, you need to shut this down, or it's not happening. I would hope it is because he's been away since bloody February. Um, yeah, the biggest thing about Bray is like. Can you trust him and his body to, like... Per- personally, I don't know about you, but he's not had... He's had a handful of good matches. That's my personal opinion. 
I like I like him. I like his character. I like what he does. But I think personally, I couldn't name more than five good matches that he's had on his own. I don't mean as a team or anything like that. There, I just mean on his own. There's two with Daniel Bryan, one hundred percent awesome. But you know the one, the first one at the Royal Rumble, and then the themed one, amazing. And then I'll be honest, I start to think, right, what else is there that was good? Uh, the Wyatt family versus the Shield. But that, that's what I mean, though. The Wyatt family, like and tag team, where, brilliant. And this so, is where, yeah, if if Bray Wyatt was to come back, then I would be. Um, when he comes back, I would honestly, it would be great if um, cult leader Bray came back. Yeah. And just uh, well, he doesn't even need to come back as a swamp. He could just come back as what he's been at the moment, but be a leader rather than oh I'm a good guy oh wait I'm a bad oh no 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 I'm a good guy ah wait I'm a bad bad guy did you know that's what it felt like to me when he came back last year it was like oh you know I've I've been a good guy you've been a I want to be a good guy now but he's still got this demon like haunting him and then obviously it went on for so long that he's just kind of went into his injury process let's talk action that's, that's what I mean. Let's talk more action. He comes back and then he has like, yeah, you have the great return and everything with the like, oh, the light through the door and the slow entrance and everybody goes wild. And that's great. That's exactly what his return should be. Yeah. And for the next two months after that, you don't just have him like coming out and talk and not actually have a match and not set something up. And Whoever's idea is, whoever does the booking, whoever comes up with it, they they make some really silly decisions. Like, Uncle Howdy is a great idea. It's a great concept. Um, and it would be a brilliant way to bring Bo back. I but, felt like they kind of diminished him as soon as he got started doing the gimpy stuff. It was the stuff like... Um, you know, like one week he's just standing at the top of the ramp. The next week he comes down and he attacks Bray, and then the next week, uh, well, the, and then Bray has his first match with LA Knight, and then what? Well, Uncle Howdy helps him and does some <laughs> stupid bump for no fucking reason. Like the biggest problem with Bray is that there is no logic to it. You can't follow the story. It's all about yeah. the white rabbit and going down the rabbit hole and trying to get you to figure out and find the next piece. So it's all it's like being in a car with no brakes. And being in a car with no brakes and no sat nav because you don't know where the fuck you're going. You know that you're going there really, really fast and you can't slow down even if you wanted to. But and like then, to me, like the storytelling of like the white rabbit made sense. But like it's this this doesn't make any sense what was what's been happening. Like for a tease for his return, all those little white rabbit like snippets and like QR, QR codes. Yeah, that was awesome. Sort of stuff. Absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Give us that crypticness. People bought into it. They loved the videos and the little things. But then when he's back, you don't need any of that shit anymore. But they That's would still it. have some of it, you know. And I, it was the like it was the stuff with Alexa Bliss, you know. Oh, Alexa Bliss is zoning out for no reason. Why? Because Wyatt's image thing popped up on the screen for a second, and now she's being weird. Oh, wait a second, Alexa Bliss is nowhere to be seen on TV anymore. 
And I know now that's because she's pregnant and everything, but that wasn't back then. Yeah, it was so very strange. The whole thing with Bray is it's always, in some ways, the idea is bigger than what can be produced and what yeah. can be shown. And then the audience suffers because of that. And I'm sure that's what causes his own mental health issues that he has too. Well, that's it. Is it his mental health he's off with? Because no one seems to know. It could well be. Because I think he would. He must have been super hyped to be coming back and having his match. And, you know, whoever talked him into having the pitch black Mountain Dew match. But that match got shot on, and quite rightly so. Because it was a shit match. It could, it could have been a lot better than what it was, I think. It could have been. And the finish was terrible. And finished that, to me, I never understood it. Exactly. Still don't. And that makes you think back to, oh yeah, fucking Randy Orton and the worms on the mat, the fucking stupid projection shit. Yeah. That you one to match. me, to me, that match felt like I when Orton won. It was like it wasn't finished, but Vince, like I don't know if that actually on, but Vince was like, you know, cut it, cut it, do the RKO done. That's what it felt like. It was going on too long, and then they were like, okay, we're yeah, gonna stop. It wasn't working. Yeah, that's what do you not think that's what it felt like though. Like, yeah, you know I mean, like right, RKO right here. Yeah, because because and people complain that that wasn't like complain that they weren't the main event. And it's like, well, if that was the main event, I think a lot more people would have been disappointed over that than Roman Reigns winning. Oh, tell me about it. Like the booze that came down at the Roman Reigns winning, but the booze that would have come down if that was the main event, because it made no fucking sense. No. Like, everybody knows that there's a guy in the production truck that's, like, the one that presses the button to show the worms on the on the canvas or to show yeah. whatever fucking image it is that they have on there. Yet, what are we meant to believe? This is some sort of trick by Bray. This is meant to disturb Randy. Is this getting inside the mind of Randy Orton? No, it looks fucking shit. It looked daft, and not Yeah. So, like, why are we even doing it? And that's where, like, Swamp cult leader Bray didn't have any of that stuff. And I felt he could take a loss as well. He could take a loss. The, um, the anyone but Roman, like, all of that was great character stuff. And... It had like a logical sense to it. Yeah. Even those promos sometimes during that period were far too fantastical and like full of whimsy. because um, you were just like, Wait, what are you talking about, mate? I've got no idea what you're actually talking about right now. All right, okay, now we're back to Roman Reigns. Um like it made sense. The the character made sense. The motivations made sense. There was a logic to it. Yeah. Fiend and the Firefly Funhouse, like that was that took a lot of suspension of disbelief from wrestling fans to be able to get behind it. But we did get behind it, and I think that was just down to bad booking more than anything else. Because when you book someone like the Fiend to be that overpowered where you're like how do you beat him and not make it look like it's stupid like uh, you know like i think all those finishers 
took in that Seth Rollins match, like, and he just kept on popping up and popping up and popping up. And then he got, like, fucking set on fire or burned alive, and he just, like, kept popping up and popping up and popping up. And then the defeat that he took from Goldberg... <laughs> it made no sense, did it? You're like, wait a second here. You've just completely cut the balls off this character, because how are we meant to believe that what came before it would allow Goldberg to beat him? Because my only thing with that, like with the fiend, though, is like, say he did win against Goldberg, like where would it have gone from there? If you know what I mean, like how? And that's how the would you defeat yourself in? Because yeah. you offered him so much to begin with. You made him. I this think like personally, they should have left that for like a final match, like WrestleMania, as an example. Like he's with, he's up against Roman or something like that. And Roman hits, like, say, five spears and he just gets up as normal. And he yeah. has to hit a ridiculous amount, put him through a barricade, do some crazy shit, and it's one, two, oh, no, he's still kicked out. And everyone's like, what the fuck? But say that Roman wins that match internally. But, like, that, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God, it took, like, I don't know, a ridiculous number of spears to, t- to take him out, you know? Exactly. But just have it there. He lost there, not, oh, he's, he's won five in a row from... Seth fucking doing about 20 stops in a row, 20 stomps in a row. Um, I do, I, I want to see The Fiend again, but it's, it's it's difficult, I think. Like, to kind of finish that point off a little bit, the, you then look to the John Cena match that they had during the pandemic. And the that was quite cool. Match. And it's like, I watched that... And I go, that's all that Bray Wyatt should do. He should only do cinematic matches. How do you do that? How do you do that to a crowd though? That's the only thing. Do you know what I mean? Like seeing it on the TV rather than a hundred percent understand. But but it's the only way the logic of his character makes sense. Yeah. Like because he's meant to be battling with this, like the sides of his personality and the mental journey that he goes on which is where yeah okay it's fucked up he managed to pull john cena into his consciousness so that they could run through this rabbit hole of a timeline makes absolutely no sense in kayfabe whatsoever because that's some like science fiction horror shit but it makes perfect sense as a a piece of sound a bit like but it's a piece of wrestling art because they say wrestling art so that is that one match which was unlike any other match that anybody had seen before had something to say about the legacy of both the WWE as a whole through the decades but also John Cena's character on a whole through the decades and the different phases of his character and that's why it worked in that way because Bray is able to take his ideas that he has and he was able to consolidate them all into this one piece. When he tries to do that in a live wrestling setting or in a live crowd setting, it takes six weeks because he only has, you know, 10 minutes and he needs to spend the first five minutes of that walking out to the ring. Then he needs to take two minutes taking in the adulation for the crowd which leaves him with three minutes of a segment before something else happens and he needs to leave. So the 
the biggest thing for me with Bray, if you want him to come back as the fiend Bray and play out this Bray Wyatt six story, just do it cinematic style. Just leave it out of the ring. It's the only way for me that it would make sense. Somebody logic. made quite a, a cool a cool thing like I'd seen like say that Lesnar and Cody have a bull rope match at um SummerSlam next week. Yeah. Like having having that idea what I was on a bit earlier on with Jericho of like having you know, say Cody win as an example, he wins against Lesnar and then it's just like, you know, the lights come out and everyone's like, What the fuck? And on the end of the bull rope instead of Lesnar, it's the fiend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like how scary you'd be like, oh my god! Like he's just about to get himself, and then like you know wraps it around him, and then just starts choking him, and like drags him off like up the stage or something. That would be pretty cool. That would be awesome if it was the fiend that was the character that was back, but it's not. That, right? Yeah. And then that makes you go, well, wait, hold on a second. How the fuck is the fiend back? Because how does that make sense if it was? Or it could be this new. Remember the. No, nobody knows the name of it, but like that. Remember, he came out like remember he had the mask on after the rumble match. Like I the fuck, it was like the kind of it looked like a luchador mask if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And he just started walking towards Ellie Knight, and he's like chopping him with a kendo stick, and he just keeps moving towards him. We could uh-huh. have this new character like come into play. Another new character. Well, it's, it's there, you know what I mean. So like, it's bound to be happening. They've made an auction figure of it, so. Well, yeah, there you go. It's meant to happen. But anyway, yeah, like I think that'd be great. I think, we're in for a, I think we're in for a good weekend of surprises of some sort. Anyway, next week, I think we're in for a good week next week. Hopefully, some all-in stuff. We've got NXT this Sunday as well. Yeah, NXT uh, Great American Bash. The GAB. Uh, I've got no predictions for that as well. Yeah, I know. Uh, the only one I want is for uh, Ilya to win. Carmelo is due a move up and a step up to the main roster, surely. You would so have thought that for Braun Breaker as well, though, but he's still dwindling. Yeah, nepotism. But um, I think Braun... Carmelo's been around longer than Braun, hasn't he? Um... Uh, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure on that one. I think you're right, but I think he, I think he is. But I just feel I can't like think of where he But the <laughs> so Melo's already been sort of like teased up on the main roster. You've had this stuff with Seth. Um, I think yeah, Bron- Braun's been on the the main roster as well though, so it's hard to say. Because he had that yeah. whole thing with Dolph Ziggler last year. Yeah, but the thing with Braun... Braun's a big fish in a small pond. If he moves up to the main rest, the main roster as a character that he is, he's just going to slip into the mid-cards and he'll be forgotten in months. I guess so, yeah. Because he can't be a part of the the top title team. There's too much playing out there with, like... But that's been taken up just now by Bloodline and Judgment Day. Because that's where I see Seth, still see Seth losing to um, to Finn at SummerSlam. So he's not going to be in the picture for any of the top two titles. I see title. Do you want to bring in someone like Braun to go up against Gunther? Could he be the one to topple him? Maybe. See, bring that would be pretty cool. Braun 
come back in as a good guy and like drop the bad guy stuff. Um, he could totally come in and just murder, death, kill Austin Theory. I see that that would be to be but like I think to me as much as they're doing the United States Championship tournament at the moment, I kind of feel like Austin Theory's dropped the ball without the United States Championship. Not all of his own fault, but it's just not felt. I don't think since he's had the title, to be honest, it's felt like, oh, he's got, you know what I mean? That's cool. He's, he's doing well with that. Yeah. But like, if you well, I think want someone to be hurt business, if you wanted to have a surprise member of the hurt business, and I don't know, depends how much time um, MVP will be sticking around. Because, well, I mean, like, Trick wrestles. He's not just a voice. So. Nah, you can't have, you, you have Mello, to have MVP a part of that. You have him a part of that, but, you know, having Mello being a surprise member of the Hurt Business, could totally see it. He's already, he was already, like, pictured with him. He's the member in February. MVP took a photo of the Street Profits, MVP and Trick Williams and Omos in the same room. With Carmelo. Yeah, sure it was. This was back right. in February, though. So that's why Ilya's going to beat him. Because if we're going to have the Hurt Business get back together again for SummerSlam... Could be interesting. I just hope they do something almost, though. I just feel like he's... Fair enough, he's had his matches and stuff, but I, I do hope he gets a good place somewhere. Almost is just almost. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I like him. Sorry, Omar. I just hope he does, hope they get him somewhere. Because I think him is like, him is like a bit of like, imagine him as enforcement for like the Street Profits. Like, you know what I mean? Like him, like he goes out with them to the ring or something like that there. That would be pretty cool. Helps him win the matches and stuff. Yeah. I'd like that. But I like, got pretty, pretty buzzing for SummerSlam now, though. It's crazy jumps off of his shoulders. That, yeah, you, that, that could be a good spot. All right. Definitely. That'd be, that'd be quite, that'd be insane. At Survivor Series, because that's when the Hurt Business will be against someone. Yeah, maybe. I still think it's going to be some sort of, but there's been a lot of speculation that Jimmy Uso is going to turn on Jay Uso. I don't know what you think about that, but I feel that it would, I don't feel it would be the right time to do it. I feel that, I think if you're to do that, what the fuck would be the point of putting Jay up against Roman? Because he's done it because he's he's like, they've attacked his brother. But a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to put his allegiance back in Roman. But it's like, that was the whole point of him kicking him in the head at Night of Champions. It was Jimmy Uso that like snapped, not Jay. Jay, yeah, I can. I don't see that happen. The only way that's going to happen is if they want to just keep extending it further, and it's probably just rumor because nobody can figure out how the hell they're going to get. Like, how do you have Roman lose? Still, it's, there needs to be like a new. If that ref, if that bloody ref is part of that match, I will lose my shit. <laughs> like, I was great ref, but it's like as soon as you see him, it's just like, oh no, like. Just oh, stay yeah. on your feet. I wouldn't <laughs> mind if you got speared, right? If you got speared or like someone spiked by accident, fair enough. 
take all the time you need. But if you're getting literally just shoulder barged into you and hitting the ropes, like why are you dying for fifteen fucking minutes? Like, I, I th- I'm sure they instantly fall asleep. They must do. They get hit by the ropes, and it just like whatever part of their body it is, it hits the sleep nerve, and they just fall asleep. Drift and off. They stay there, which is why whenever like somebody comes in over and starts like tapping them on the shoulder, they always do that little startled awake like look. Uh, oh my god, did I just fall asleep in the middle of a wrestling match? Oh my god, guys. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, wait a second. Uh, just let me get my bearings. I'll be over in a second. Where are we? Like, oh yeah, one, uh, two. Uh. Oh no, That's I can't. So oh my god. Somebody get me a coffee before I get speared again. But yeah, um, looking, looking forward to SummerSlam. Very much looking forward to it. And on that note, I think it's probably. Uh, a good time to uh, like pause and halt the conversation because, uh, yeah, I think we've covered most of our our topics for this week. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I th- if I can't think of much else, I think we've kind of sh- we've spread we spread the jam on the toast. Um, there's not really anything else I can think of. I think we've covered it all, but yeah, um. If you have any questions, queries, or comments you'd like to share with us, um, head on over to Okai Wrestling on our Twitter and Instagram page. Um, I I got rid of our threads because, from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound very not safe. But I'll I'll, I'll go over that later on. Um, <laughs> a lack um, of on threads. Yeah, we we are sticking with the X. We're 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 the Elon Musk boys. Um, X, uh, log on there. Uh, go and check our followers on X. You know, because they're—I don't know if they're safe for work either. I don't know. I don't know if they're X-rated either. They might be, but um, yeah. So head on to Okai Wrestling, um, or like for any any queries or uh, business related, we have our uh, email as well, which is the the Okai Podcast at Gmail dot com. Also. Um, and also, we have forgot to mention, I am still the king of the predictions mountain. Um, going <laughs> leaving leaving the Ring of Honor death before death before dishonor. I think I I, I finished seven points ahead of you. I think it was. Um, it was seven points. It came down to one match yet again. NXT will be the warm up this weekend. We'll not we'll not we'll not go with that. SummerSlam is going to be the big one. Um. But yeah, let, let, if you are at this point of the podcast, thank you very much. Um, but let us know of what your thoughts are going to be for um, SummerSlam this weekend. Give us a tweet or on our Instagram page, give us a DM. That would be great. Um, I think that's everything I can cover this this week. Thanks again for listening. I've been Lewis. I've been Dave. And this was the Okai Wrestling Podcast.